Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here we go, Draft Knicks. Here we go. Welcome to another edition of the Draft 412 podcast. My name is Joe 412, and I'll be your host for the next 30 minutes. Uh, before we drop the puck tonight, we want to thank our sponsor, iHeartRadio, where you can find all their favorite music, radio, and podcasts, all for free, all of the time. Uh, and for those of you who haven't listened to our show before, Draft 412 is an e-magazine that focuses on all four major sports. And tonight, we're going to be talking about one of those sports in particular, which is football and even more particularly college football with a big game this weekend between Michigan and, and Penn State. And therefore, we have our resident expert on Penn State, Emmett Mann, uh, joining us, one of the four horsemen of the draft apocalypse, and our, our editor here, JT, John Toth. Welcome, gentlemen. And we have a special guest tonight, Wade Marsico. For those of you who don't know who Wade is, Wade is a football coach. He also is the CEO of Marsico Sports Group and Mr. PA Football. Uh, Wade, welcome to Draft 412. Are you ready to go on the clock? Yes, I am. Uh, it's a pleasure being here. Thanks for having me here today. Uh, to My pleasure. Today. Why don't you spend uh, two two seconds telling the audience a little bit about yourself and, and uh, what, what you've got going on? All right. Well, we've been involved with uh, high school athletics in Pennsylvania for over 16 years. Uh, founded the Mr. PA uh, Football Awards Program in 2010. We have... Uh, a spinoff program, the Mr. and Miss PA basketball program. We founded that in 2013. And then also I have an NCA approved uh, scouting service that I do some scouting things for various colleges uh, across uh, the country. We've been involved with uh, seven on seven uh, travel football teams, uh, football camps. And our newest venture is the PA sports agency, which uh, we're delving into the uh, NIL uh, world right now and opportunities and trying to help uh, student athletes like we've done for over 16 years, you know, in the name, image and likeness uh, side. So, uh, you know, we have experience helping student athletes get athletic scholarships and uh, exceeding academic requirements. So that's a little bit about what we've been doing. I was going to say, man, you got a lot on your plate. Speaking about a lot on their plate, the Michigan Wolverines come to Happy Valley this weekend. That's a that's a big meal for these Nittany Lions to to try to devour. Uh, I know last year Michigan just kept they, their ground game was unstoppable, and they ran for over four hundred yards uh, in that game. They had two the two backs there, Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards, really re- just had their way with the Penn State defense. What has changed on the Penn State's defensive side this season, and do you think that they can stop the run this year? Is that question addressed to me, Joe? It is, sir. 
Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I think that's going to be one of the big keys of the game. I have some key points that I wrote down is how's Penn State going to stop the running game? You know, they, Michigan got a ton of yards up the gut in between the guard and center last year. And one of the things, even though Penn State's defense is very good, got to give them credit, or one of the top defenses in the country, they're a little bit light as far as their defensive line is a little bit light in terms of weight. They're very quick, fast, and athletic. But, you know, when it came to, you know, ground and pound football last year, they, they weren't up to snuff against Michigan. So I think both defenses are very stingy against the run, but it remains to be seen how uh, Penn State's going to respond. If if they do want to win the game, they are going to have to stop that, you know, I would think maybe under 150 yards to have a chance to win the game, maybe 200 yards rushing. I mean, 418 was ridiculous last year, but – uh, they're definitely going to have to stop the run the, to be in this game. But the one advantage that I think Penn State does have over Michigan right now, and it's a matchup that I love, is to see this Michigan offensive line, who's arguably the best in the country, versus the Penn State defensive line, which is, I think, arguably the best pass rush defense with getting pressure on the quarterback this year. I think they were they're up in the top tier and sacks. I don't know. I think a few weeks ago they were leading the country. So uh, that's going to be very interesting to see how Michigan uh, keeps uh, J.J. McCarthy upright during the game, see how they protect him. And I think Michigan's going to probably try to establish the run here first so they can set up their passing game, maybe with some play action and uh, QB draws from with, uh, you know, design QB draws with J.J. McCarthy and, and the running backs and, uh, you know, use the tight ends and so forth and then start pushing the ball downfield. But that's that's my opinion and of what I think, you know, Michigan may do, their strategy and what Penn State needs to do is, again, stop the run and continue to rush the passer like, they, like they've have. I think last week, what did they have, like six sacks last week against Maryland and a couple of um, – I believe they had a couple of uh, – Intentional grounding calls to at least two or three. So, I mean, they've been ridiculous with, like I said, rushing the passer. So I think they got to play to their strength, be aggressive, and continue to do that to have a chance with, you know, the home crowd. And it's going to be a fantastic crowd, I believe, on Saturday. So I don't know what your guys' thoughts are, but that's what I'm thinking. Well, I know Emmett's been chomping at the bit to ask you some questions. He's our, our resident Penn State expert. I'll let him ask you your, the next question. Yes. Wait, thanks for joining us. Um, coming into the season, the offensive line was perceived to be one of the strengths of the, the Mitney Lion program. Uh, obviously, with the sudden retirement of Land, uh, Landon Tangwall right before the season, uh, was quite a blow. Uh, Ola Hushano has been, as advertised, will most likely be the first tackle taken next spring. And Caden Wallace has been okay. There seems to have been issues mostly up the middle. In your opinion, is that more of a personnel issue or a scheme issue? Um, I think it's probably a little bit more of a personnel issue. I think the guys just really haven't, and they and they've been shuffling that one guard spot where where uh, Tangwell had to retire. I think they had a a younger guy in there now. JB Nelson, I believe, has been playing in that spot. But yeah, I think it's I think it's probably more of a personnel issue than a scheme issue. But I mean, I, over the years, when you look back at James Franklin's Penn State teams, 
the one, I mean, it was perceived as a strength this year, but the one thing that's that's kind of held them back in some of these major and crucial games has been the offensive line, protecting the quarterback and being able to run the ball. And, uh, you know, Katron Allen's kind of come on the last couple of weeks, but, you know, Nick Singleton, he's explosive. You know, you get him out in open field, but he's been a little bit disappointing so far as, you know, his, you know, I think his longest run of the year is 20 yards. And, uh, you know, last year he was, he was breaking off, you know, 20 yard plus explosive plays a lot. And I, I believe they got to get him the football maybe in space and see what he can do. But, uh, you know, Katron's a little bit more elusive, but Nick's more, you know, the straight ahead style, get a hole and, and, and go, you know, with his quickness and, and his vision. But uh, as far as elusive, you know, I don't think that's one of Nick's strengths. So I think it kind of plays into a little bit about how the – also the running backs haven't had as <clears throat> big as a year as they did last year, obviously. And also the, you know, like you said, the guard – in the center, in the middle there, they haven't really been up the snuff as far as getting enough push up front and, you know, leaning on those, you know, those defensive lines that they faced, you know, obviously the first test against Ohio state, they didn't pass. And Indiana was pretty stout against the run a couple weeks ago. And um, I'm thinking there was one other team that was kind of gave them some issues in the run game, but I'm forgetting who it was. Well, you know, JT, I know you and I spoke off camera uh, about James Franklin. It's just Mr. Marsico brought him up. I know you have a question for Wade, uh, you know, teed up about James Franklin uh, and his, his record against some of these uh, uh, high-ranked teams. Uh, but, you know, why don't you jump in and, and ask Wade your question? Wade, this is – I have a lot of uh, Penn State fans here in Pittsburgh. Um, I'm a Pitt Panther guy myself, so don't hate me. But uh, a couple yeah. of my friends, they're always – very real negative um, – at least from what they tell me, a lot of Penn State fans are sort of down on James Franklin. How how long? How many? I know he has a big contract now, of course, uh, with the extension and everything. But how long does he get if he keeps losing every year to Ohio State and Michigan? Uh, do you think it's something that the school would consider um, making a move before his contract's up, or do you think he's he's golden till till the contract's over? I think. Um... I think that, you know, if you get enough pressure from the alumni and the boosters, if, you know, he doesn't break through in one of these games in the next couple of years, I think the pressure could be on him in the hot seat. You know, he could be on the hot seat even with that long contract. I thought it was like a 10-year contract that he signed, I think, the in 2022, I believe it was, about a year ago or a year and a half ago in the off season. That's that, that's my guess. I mean, I could be wrong. Uh, I mean, maybe he's safe, but you know, you know as well as I know, you know, Pittsburgh and some of those the, the fans out there are upset. You know, you gotta you gotta win one of these big games, one of these crucial major games, and they have a great opportunity on Saturday at home to get the job done. But you know, it remains to be seen if they can if they can beat a top ten team, and Michigan being uh, I guess the number two team the number three team in the college football playoff rankings. So it'd actually be a top five one. Wade, you know, I, I think there is a new dimension to Penn state's team this year that might give uh, them a, a bit of an advantage, maybe one that they didn't have last year, which was the addition of Drew Aller. Drew, Drew is a starting quarterback that has a pretty deep ball and, 
you know, has been a pretty good field general. There's a guy hasn't thrown a lot of interceptions, hasn't made those big mistakes that have cost him, uh, you know, many games. I mean, he's, he's really getting it done. Does Drew Aller, is he the secret sauce here? Is he the new dimension uh, to the Penn State offense that kind of trumps what Sean Clifford was? I mean, if he had a limited ceiling, it might have been where he was. I mean, is Aller the guy that puts them over the top against a team like Michigan? You know what? <clears throat> I'm not sure yet, Joe, because, you know, the last test, Drew failed out of Ohio State. Again, that was his first big road game. And, you know, I, I think Penn State kind of got away from a strength offensively with their last two quarterbacks that were very successful, being Sean Clifford, even though maybe he reached his ceiling. And uh, Trace McSorley, they were more of dual-threat quarterbacks that, you know, could really threaten the defense, you know, if they're running ability, scrambling ability, design run and pass. And Alar's more of a, of a pure pocket, pocket passer. And, you know, I, he does have the big arm, the nice deep ball, throw some pretty balls, but I don't know if he's been consistent enough or accurate enough in some of the games that I've watched throughout the season yet, especially, you know, the highest state game. He has been careful though with, you know, not making many mistakes and, he only threw one interception so far this year against Indiana, but there's the Northwestern game. He kind of struggled to on the road. It's been on the road where he's had some struggles. That's the other team that I was thinking that kind of shut down the run game besides uh, the Indiana game that was at home uh, two weeks ago, but he did seem to gain some more confidence uh, last week and was just, you know, throwing the ball all over the place and he was just letting it rip last week. So, Maybe he's got that confidence, and but the only thing I worry about with him is he's just not. I don't know if he's able to extend plays as as well as uh, McSorley was in the past, and, and and Sean Clifford, but he definitely has, you know, that high ceiling and the, the size, the arm strength that the you know that the NFL people are looking at. Emmett, what do you got? I'll turn it over to you. I'd like to follow up on uh, on uh, what JT raised earlier with uh, with James Franklin with a, a little bit of an editorial comment you know thrown in uh, for my friends that you know I hear I live in York Pennsylvania right in the heart of Penn State Mad area so I hear the James Franklin uh, static uh, loud and clear uh, and I would caution my Penn State friends fans be careful what you wish for. Uh, there are probably about a hundred programs that would kill for a ten and two regular season, regular New York uh, New Year six game, uh, you know, a lot of success in bowl games. Um, I'm aware of a football program within spinning distance of my colleagues that hasn't had a season where three uh, or fewer losses in, since 1981. Uh, so you know. Penn State fans, maybe you need to appreciate what you have as opposed to looking for what's what uh, isn't there. Uh, you know, look look at how long Alabama wandered in the desert between Gene Stallings and Nick Saban. Uh, you know, just uh, you know, how many coaches has Tennessee gone through? With that said, do you think the expansion of the Big Ten actually makes it easier uh, for Franklin? where he doesn't have to go through the Ohio State-Michigan gauntlet every year. Next year, he gets USC without Caleb Williams. Uh, I know my friends in the eastern part of the state will give Franklin a lifetime pass if he beats up on Chipper Kelly and UCLA. 
what do you think of the reconfigured Big Ten and uh, how that uh, that might uh, boost Penn State's chances? I think uh, uh, I, mean, I think that uh, that's going to really help them out and give them an advantage. Uh, you know, ha- not having to go through Ohio State and Michigan every year, and it looks like they're going to be rotating off the schedule. And, you know, getting some new blood in there with USC and UCLA and Washington and Oregon. And the other thing that we can't forget about is there's going to be easier path to make the playoff because they're expanding the 12 teams next year. And I think that might get the monkey off the back if they can't get in the, the top four this year. So I guess, you know, it'll be interesting to see next year when you have the 12 team playoff how many teams get in from the power five conferences and also how significant the regular season is going to be. I know it's going to be uh, significant, but is it going to go a little bit more towards that NFL model? And you're looking to possibly, you know, still the other teams like your Alabamas and Georgias are going to want to get in that top four because you get that buy. But I think uh, that could obviously, I think help some teams maybe like your, Penn State's that hasn't that's been there, but hasn't been able to uh, break into the uh, college football playoff if they don't get there this year, and some uh, some other teams around the country, you know, in the SEC and you know maybe the Big Twelve or the Pac twelve and and the ACC. I mean, Penn State's probably been the most consistent of the teams that hasn't made it yet, uh, unless I'm forgetting somebody else. I mean. Oregon has made it once. Washington's made it once. I guess USC hasn't made it, but they've been there recently. Uh, Florida State made it in the you know the, the first year after they were the national champions. Uh, Georgia, LSU, Alabama have made it. Uh, I don't believe Auburn has. I think that was a year before the playoff. But uh, and Oklahoma's been there a ton of times, and Texas this hasn't. Hasn't been consistent enough. It seems like look like this year could be the year. I mean, maybe they can still get in with one loss, but it seems like they always stub their toe in a game where they're not supposed to. Uh, yeah, this week against TCU might not. be a difficult one too. <laughs> yeah, TCU and last week Kansas State had them on the ropes. They were lucky to pull that one out. So, what do you have, JT? Be, I mean, I think all these teams in the top ten. Right now, do do have a shot to go to the playoffs. Uh, Ole Miss is one that could creep up on somebody. I mean, they, who knows if they pull the shocker at Georgia this week. I mean, Missouri really gave Georgia uh, a good game last week. Wade, Wade, um, you, I'm going to ask you and Emmett both this question because these are both uh, going to be watching this game really closely this weekend. But what is your – Overall take. What's your what's your final score of this game? And what how do you think it how do you think it plays out this Saturday? And then Emmett, you answer after. Well, it's funny, I have a note here about what I was gonna say about a kind of a score prediction here. But uh, I believe the team that plays the disciplined, sound fundamental football doesn't turn the ball over and make mental mistakes will win. You have to go out and execute the plays. You can't have unforced errors, of course and stupid penalties in a big matchup like this. There's a small margin for error. The teams are both really good and pretty even overall. I did a little bit of a breakdown on position by position. 
this is a hard prediction here, I, I think, this week. But I know the Penn State crowd and atmosphere will be fantastic and uh, keep Penn State in the game. But I think Michigan's experience at quarterback with J.J. McCarthy in these crucial-type games will be the difference. I know it's not what the listeners here want to hear, but if the game was in Ann Arbor, I'd predict 27-21 Wolverine victory. But since it's in Happy Valley, I'm predicting uh, Michigan 27, Penn State 24. Uh, with you know, I'm calling a Michigan win again. Unfortunately, until until I see it and I can believe it, and 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 Penn State proves me wrong, I'm still sticking with the Michigan pick. I've been pretty consistent. Uh since the summer that I anticipated that Penn state is going to split the big two, that they would lose in Columbus and that they'd hold serve uh, in happy Valley. Uh, I'm, I'm not coming off of that. I mean, uh, what if it, if, you know, if it, if it doesn't happen, you know, so be it, but I'm sticking to my guns. Last year's game was 17, 16 Penn state at the half. And they just got gashed in the second half. Their depth is incredibly uh, deeper this year, as particularly in the the the, the uh, inside linebacker, where, where they got demolished last year. Um, I think the turning point of the season, in retrospect, may turn out to be uh, that interception Drew Aller threw against Indiana. Each passing game, he got more and more tentative, like he was really afraid uh, to turn the ball over. Now that's out of his system. That's out of his head. He looks, since that interception, looks like a completely different player. Um, I think uh, it's going to be a defensive struggle. Both teams, yes, Michigan's got a great ground game, but they've got a really good defense, and Penn State's got a really good defense. I am looking for a 20-17 to Penn State victory. Well, we don't have to wait that much longer, gentlemen. It's going to be a great game. I can't wait to, to be watching this one. Wade, let me – change the subjects on you a little bit let's go from talking about the big game to talking about big players uh you know draft 412 covers prospects that's what we do we cover the nfl draft and penn state is blessed you know they've got a lot of offensive uh talent coming out uh this year that will be available uh in the draft starting with olu fashanu i mean that's the big name as Emmett mentioned before he's likely the first tackle off the board he could be a he's going to be a top 10 if not a top five pick um you know Walk us through um, the gauntlet of Penn State players that are coming out or may come out uh, that are of interest to you that you think that pro teams are going to, you know, can't wait to get their hands on. Yeah, I mean, they got a lot of talent littered all over the roster. Probably four or five players could declare early for the 2024 draft. And uh, I, I believe if that happens, their picks could possibly, selections in this year's draft could possibly hit double digits. So they do have a lot of uh, talent. <clears throat> of course, uh, Fashanu could be the first or second tackle. I know that a lot of people like Alm also out at Notre Dame, the big tackle at Notre Dame. Uh, I have him listed. I have uh, Chop Robinson if he declares and comes out early. I have him as a potential first or second round pick. I have Kellen King uh, if he comes out early as a corner, as a potential uh, first or second round pick. I have uh, Theo Johnson, the tight end, as a potential third-round pick. Uh, Adiza Isaac, another defensive uh, end. 
one of the bookends with Chop Robinson as a potential third, fourth round pick. Uh, Keandre Lambert Smith, if he declares early receiver, I have him as a third or fourth round pick. Johnny Dixon, uh, the other corner, besides uh, Kellen King, I have him as a fourth or fifth round potential pick. Uh, Tyler Warren, the other tight end. I mean, Penn State's got fabulous tight ends. I probably the best in the country uh, this year. I yeah, Emma's as- been telling us that all season, and I can't disagree. It's it, it that's a really strong roster. Yeah, uh, fifth round pick for Tyler Warren, and uh, I'm forgetting the guy's name who uh, the the third round uh, the third tight end on the team that called a touchdown pass against Indiana the other week. Uh, he's from out in Pittsburgh. I, the name escapes me right now. Uh, linebacker Curtis Jape Jacobs, he's a senior. I have him as a fifth or sixth round potential pick. Cornerback Nickelback Daquan Hardy, former Mr. PA football winner. I thought I'd put that plug in there. He's a potential seventh round or maybe a restricted free agent pick. Uh, Keaton Ellis, maybe a late round or unrestricted, uh, un- unrestricted free agent pick. Hakeem Beeman, a defensive tackle. The same, a late rounder, un, unrestricted free agent. Uh, Caden Wallace, unrestricted free agent pick. I'm thinking an offensive tackle. And then maybe Sal Wormley, offensive guard, maybe an unrestricted free agent pick. So I think that's about 10 or 12 guys there. And uh, I think, um, I mean, looking at this, I think they could probably have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, about nine or 10 guys. You know, selected in the draft if all these guys come out early. Can I throw out one more name? Yeah. Um, And I I mentioned him earlier in the year, kind of somewhat tongue in cheek, but he's really absolutely uh, started to get attention. Uh, And to me, uh, Steeler fans, if I can make a comparison that you that you can relate to, and Tyler Medikevich, but the good. The, the feel-good story of the year, Dominic DeLuca. He's just he's uh, got a couple pick six. He's he's been all around the ball. He's the kind of guy I could see being a seventh-round pick or a priority free agent and spending, you know, five, six, seven years in the NFL merely on special teams, but could even you know, depending on scheme, could get some time uh, with regular snaps. Yeah, Dominic DeLuca is a he's a he was a finalist for our Mr. Football when he was in. He tore his ACL in the game that they won up at Wyoming area. The, I think of the 3A championship that year. I love him. He was a preferred walk-on, earned a scholarship. So you know, that'd be great for him. I believe though, he would be eligible this year to come out. But I would, I, I think, I would think he would come back for another year. I don't but, know what year. Probably a lot of that'll be with postseason. Uh, conversations with the staff because uh, 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 to, to, to use a, a line from uh, 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 um, oh shoot the movie is escaping me but the, this this weekend at Maryland Tony Rojas announced his presence with authority uh, and, and there's some other young linebackers um, it, it it may behoove uh, Deluca just to kind of go through the advisory committee and see what kind of feedback he gets. Yeah, then now the other guy's name I just remembered was Dinkins, Darnell Dinkins' son. Oh. That was a pit. I, I don't player. think he's I, I, only a sophomore. Huh? 
Yeah, I that's what I was thinking. Yeah, he's only a sophomore. He's got a few good years, but left. But I mean, that depth at tight end is unbelievable. With you know, oh. Hankins in there, that's who you forgot. Oh. Yeah, you you can't swing a dead cat in the practice facility without hitting a quality tight end. Yes. And speaking of dead cats, JT, uh, I know we're running out of time here. Maybe maybe you can give Wade one final question on the college football playoffs. You're muted. Wait, now that we're getting towards the end of the season, um, what is your what? How do you think the playoffs are going to um, uh, play out? Who are the four? Who is your four teams that make it? That's a tough one. Now I didn't write that down here with my notes, but uh, I did make a prediction of the top four teams that are there now aren't going to be the same after championship uh, weekend that Sunday when they make the the, the selections. Uh, I did already touch on the four-team playoff, you know, changing to a 12-team playoff next year. I do believe – I think Georgia will be there again. They've they've won a school record 26 in a row. The only thing that could probably knock them out as, a, as an upset this weekend or maybe losing in the SEC championship, it looks like they're going to end up – if all things hold true, like they'll be playing uh, Alabama in that. And uh, so I'm going to go with Georgia – I want to go with Oregon. I think Oregon's going to get the better of Washington if they have a rematch. Uh, I do like Washington's team, but Oregon's, I mean, they lost that game. They missed a field goal. I thought that they almost outplayed them, but didn't, didn't, it didn't show up on the scoreboard. And they've really been playing the last couple of weeks. So, well, the last couple of weeks. So, I'm going to go Oregon, Georgia. I want to go Florida State. And I'm going to go Ohio State as my top four. We'll see what happens. Though. I mean, I could, I could miss on all of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wade, we really appreciate you coming on to the show with with the minute or so that we've got left. Tell everybody where they can find you and, and how they can get a hold of you. Okay. <clears throat> well, everybody can get a hold of me on our our new portal website. It's a uh, PA sportsagency.com the pennsylvania sports agency and uh, again we just started to uh get into the uh nll nil opportunities name image and likeness in, in pennsylvania with uh, high school and collegiate af- athletes we also have been running the uh, mr pa football uh, awards recognition program since 2010 also the mr and miss PA basketball awards recognition program since 2013 and uh, running, you know, various uh, football camps, combines, seven on seven travel team that we run through our nonprofit, the Mr. PA football foundation. And then also we have that NCA approved uh, scouting service and we're pretty excited. We're trying to put the finishing touches on uh, the PA basketball east-west all-star game that looks like it's going to take place in uh, hershey or harrisburg and uh on may 11th or may 18th next spring well wade marsico thank you very much for coming on the show and a big thanks to our sponsor iHeartRadio, where you can find all your favorite music radio and podcasts all for free and remember while draft nation and draft 412 may be off the air we are always on the clock for you thanks again wade 
appreciate it. Have you back after the game. Love to hear your your thoughts when we get closer to draft time and, and talk about some of these players and in, in more in depth. Uh, I'd love to. Again, guys, uh, thanks for having me on the show tonight. I will be at the game on Saturday, so uh, I'm interested to see how it plays out. Thank you, Wade. Thank you. Thanks, Wade. Thank you. Right. See you, guys. Nice meeting you. Take care. Have a great night.